0: It's time we shift our perspective on business and life and see that our businesses are the means to us living life first. Reinventing the way we go about our days as entrepreneurs. The Zero Wasted Days podcast is designed for dream makers and action takers, and also those who value going slow and savoring the moments in between. This is the essence of living a Zero Wasted Days life. And welcome to the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne Actison, a former C-level executive turned seven-figure serial entrepreneur, transformational business coach, and I love helping women entrepreneurs merge strategy, feminine energetics, and embodiment to create outside-the-box business solutions to their challenges. In each episode of the podcast, I'm going to share how to redefine how you do business and learn how it can be the means to you living life first. I'm going to share interviews with inspiring people who can help you see how worthwhile it is to keep pursuing your dreams, share heartfelt stories. I know you're going to relate to and give you ideas and strategies to keep going after your biggest dreams. I hope you find value and inspiration here, and that will keep you coming back each and every week. I have some amazing guests lined up, as well as some solo episodes planned. So let's get into this week's episode. So welcome to this really exciting episode of Zero Wasted Days, where I am welcoming one of my first interviewees to my brand new podcast. And I'm really excited to invite and to welcome Emily Wilcox onto the podcast today. Emily and I actually, I'm really honored to have Emily because I feel like Emily and I have known each other since what, you know, kind of the inception of my business coaching business back in. 2018, when I was in my first investment, my first group program that I did with uh, Amber Lilliestrom, and it was that kind of at that time that was very pivotal for me in my business. And so it was when I started business coaching. And so you know, having Emily here today with me at the very beginning of a new chapter just feels really nice. And I know that Em, as a as a coach and an agency owner and kind of master juggler of all the things, keeps very you know real and energetic align and very much embodies all of the kind of zero wasted days life and philosophy. So welcome M to zero wasted days.
1: Ah, uh, Thank you so much, Suzanne. <laughs> I feel so happy to be here. And it is true. It does feel like a full circle moment as we were both like just newly joining masterminds and you flew in from France and I flew in from LA <laughs> and we got a little Airbnb in New Hampshire. And it's like, wow, look at us now.
0: I know, I know. And that was, what are we, uh, four four years ago or so. And so it kind of feels like we've come a long way. Then, you know, it kind of just feels like it was the other day as well. So I've loved watching you, you know, you grow your business. And, you know, I've continued to learn a lot from you. I remember having coffee with you sitting there, you know, before the retreat that we went to. And so I'm just really delighted to be connected with you and, and having you on the podcast as a better intro than I will be able to do, I would love you to share with my audience a little bit more about you and your business. And also, given that we're here on Zero Wasted Days, I'd love to know, you know, how you might feel about and how you, you know, incorporate and adopt and really embody living a more life first and business second way.
1: Mm, I love that invitation mm-hmm. so much. So, first of all, I'm a money healer and business mentor. As you mentioned by way of of introduction, I do have multiple businesses. So when I started doing my own inner work and joining masterminds and things like that, I had two businesses. One was an e-commerce clothing company and the other was sales and marketing agency. And I don't know if we were to fast forward when you and I met that agency was probably doing maybe 700 K in cash a year or something like that. And has since, you know, is doing seven figures a year. And I kind of thought that that would just be my thing for a while. I didn't, I never thought it would be my thing forever, but I wasn't a client of coaches thinking I'm going to be a coach someday. And so it's kind of this hilarious thing that, you know, here we are. But, you know, at that time, I definitely was not fully living the zero wasted days philosophy, but I was like getting there because the truth is I had a lifetime of kind of suppressing my desires and really taking a delayed gratification approach, um, really subconsciously without knowing it, you know, my, that was my inner child's way of coping with, What I was experiencing in my household, which was a lot of disagreement over money and me not wanting to burden my parents and wanting to earn their love and approval, was like, oh, okay, so I know how to play this game. Ask mom and dad for as little as possible so that you don't upset them and that they don't have to get in a fight over whatever (laughs) the thing is that you need. So it's like, I just got really good at not wanting a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And because of that, one of the first things that I had to do to even start to get an alignment was give myself permission to actually want things and Mm. to feel what that felt like. And it was scary because, you know, there was a part of me that was worried, like, but what if we can't have it? Then you're going to be disappointed. Wouldn't it be better to just not want it? And you'll get everything you want later. Like just work now, like put your head down. You're in a season of building a business and like later everything will come. What everything was, I had no idea. Cause I was, I didn't, <laughs> I hadn't even really explored that, but you know, I also didn't know my human design. I wasn't, you know, I was following my intuition to like the best of my ability, but there were so many like foundational skills that had to be put in place for Mm -hmm. me to get to where I'm at now, where it's like, I'm much more connected with what I want and what feels good in my body. I understand my intuition and my sacral authority, and I'm just not willing to self-sacrifice for some theoretical future gain. And I actually don't even believe that that's the way that our universe is set up. Mm. It's like, no, it's pleasure now and pleasure later. It's joy now and joy later. It's abundance now and abundance later. And that's been such a shift.
0: Yeah. And that is so instrumental in like shift. It's not the way that we kind of come into business Thinking that it's going to be like we, we learn, you know, when we work in corporate or just in our upbringing that, you know, that it's about sacrifice, you know, like do the hard yards, put your head down, bum up. I remember my boss used to say, and like, and it was really about getting somewhere. And at that point, you may achieve some success and more importantly, some happiness. And, yeah. you know, learning and it, it is a process. It's very much a process. You kind of need to, and we talked about this earlier before we started recording, but how you, you assume that it is something that, you know, you're going to get to, but it doesn't always come. And so it's definitely a learning in process and getting it the wrong way first to then potentially make the kind of changes that you need to make to start figuring out a, a way that feels more lined.
1: Yeah. You know, and Abraham Hicks talks about this a lot and they refer to it as contrast and like what a gift contrast is for us, because it's often in getting what we don't want that we get clarity on what we do want. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. And
0: so when we start out in business, we often look to other people, especially we, you know, we, we compare and we look at what other people are doing. We work with coaches and sometimes it's done, you know, and often it's done in a very genuine way. We want to learn, we want to see what others are doing. We want to kind of mimic and model and seeing how we should be doing it. You know, what that sometimes um, creates is a business model and ways and strategies and kind of sometimes an energetic misalignment that, you know, you realize that you've created this beast or this business that isn't, you know, isn't true to who, who you are. And so I'd love to know if there are any ways that you've created that are different or ways that you've tried to kind of break the mold and kind of maybe put forward, you know, thought leadership that goes against what you may have learned, you know, originally.
1: Oh, so many, so many. And I suspect, even for myself, that you know there are layers of this of true liberation and sovereignty, and very likely I've not uncovered all of them. (laughs) And so, and to anyone listening, like permission to be in the process with this, and to just let yourself be where you're at. But you know, when we're in our wounded feminine energy, that's a very like damsel in distress kind of energy, or our inner child being like you know, I want mom to come in and fix all of this. Right. And so the way that that shows up in our business is looking to someone else as the authority and to have the plan and have it all figured out. And so that you can just sort of plug into their system and then your success is guaranteed. And, you know, what I know now about energetics is that the energetics are always stronger than the strategy. So Mm -hmm. if we, if we come into the strategy, with the energy of, I'm a victim, I'm a damsel in distress, I'm a little kid, I need someone to come in and swoop in and save the day, they're better than me, they know more than me. I will tell you that the result of that is not, you build the business that you love and you make all the money and have all the things that you wanna have. It's like, you're gonna get served up a lesson that's meant to eventually awaken your sovereignty And get you back into self-trust. And so I went through that so many times. You know, it's like we started an agency. We had no idea how to run an agency. We had never even been in like a client service oriented business, either of us. And so it was like, you know, joining masterminds and learning from other people and then completely changing our business model, based on what someone else told us to do, you know, then only to find out that that was some junior level coach that they had hired like ninety days ago, who didn't even know what the hell they were doing, and you know, I mean, to the tune of spending a hundred thousand dollars on Facebook ads one year, wow. only to f- decide that like that does not work. It yeah. gets us in new clients, but they're the kind of clients that. Are willing to click on an ad book a call say yes to a thirty thousand dollar investment in the course of an hour on the phone and then immediately start having doubts and regrets don't follow through on the six-month commitment and it was like such a nightmare for the business but it was learning that someone else's way is not our way um. and that may sound like an extreme example but you know, last year I was in a mastermind with a coach who, you know, is very, very well known in the industry. And so many people look up to her and the way that she runs her business. And so I was very much kind of building a lot of my business practices based on her. It's like, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, we like hire coaches that we feel resonant with sure, and learn from and yeah, yeah, we like want the shortcut, but she won't let anyone out of a commitment, no matter what it's like, you know. No refunds, you're in, your word is law. And so, whether it's intentional or not, like people kind of get gaslit if they Mm. end up breaking their commitment and Mm. exiting a container. And I can see now that so much of that for this coach was built from her own triggers. So it's like, oh, another person broke their word in her highest level container. Well, now the whole thing's painful. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, what are the energetics of that? Because that's like, again, the wounded inner child being like, I can't let anyone hurt me ever again. So now it has to be painful only so that no one can ever break my heart and leave a container with me and say that it wasn't good. But I was doing that. And then I hired a marketing agency to do like some stuff for me. And it was the worst. It was like such a bad experience. And I was supposed to be working with them for 12 months. And I was like, this is terrible. And I do not want to stay in this commitment for 12 months just because my word is law. So I like reached out to them. I'm like, Hey, is there anything we can do? Can I buy myself out of this agreement? Like I will pay you for three months and you guys do nothing. Can we go our separate ways? And it was such a learning moment for me because I'm like, Oh, okay, let me change my business practices to actually feel in alignment with that and not be holding people in if they don't want to. And I mean, thankfully I haven't had that issue with my own clients, but like, that's what alignment looks like. And that's what sovereignty looks like. It's not, it's not doing anyone else's way, but it's like using those experiences to discover your own way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you've even done that in your own mastermind. I was I was really inspired when I saw yeah. that you, know, you did a you can explain it probably better than I can, but a kind of a sliding scale for the price yeah. for to join. That was like. Damn, why was nobody else doing that? Like that was just so refreshing. And but at the same time, you know, just a beautiful way to show how there's no
1: rules. There's no rules. It's so true. I mean, in our biggest limitation is actually our own mind that believes that like someone else has done it every way it can be done. Yes. yes. And so then we'd stop even looking and asking ourselves those creative questions
0: yeah it's so insightful and it's so refreshing because it's so not the norm (laughs) and so uh, this is what I want to be here doing is showing people the ways that are not necessarily the norm because they're often the ways that are the most transformative and liberating for for us when we're not you know just in our little corners doing work based on how we think it it should be and it's the same thing for our work but also our life like creating this life that you truly want like is up to you not how I live my life like moving from Australia to France might sound like a nightmare for some people. Like that's like the last thing that would give them freedom. And it was like the thing that changed my life forever. So, you know, we all have the power to really define for ourselves what that freedom means. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And I think like you were brave enough to be in the inquiry of it. And Mm -hmm. when really creative solutions came along to like remain open and receptive to them. And so you've completely sculpted and created from the ground up a life that feels so incredibly liberating to you. And I would imagine that one of the things that you find that you're up against with the clients that you work with is that they really desire more freedom or more alignment. And yet they feel like, oh, but it could only happen this way, this way, or this way. Mm -hmm. And each of those ways have pros and cons. And I would imagine that you're there beating the drum of like, no, there are infinite ways and like can yeah. we get you opened up and receptive to whatever that unique and perfectly wild and miraculous way is for you? Yes. And so
0: many people kind of live in this perpetual fear, really. They aren't willing to take the risk that might make them fail. They're really, you know, risk adverse. And so aren't willing to, you know, they might have to be courageous, but only to a certain point. But it yeah. takes, you know, like jumping, completely jumping, in order to really alter your life and see it's transformative. Yeah. Now I know, and you we may have answered this question already a little bit, but I know you, like me, we still love a little strategy, a lot of strategy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would love to know, you know, we talked about one of your programs already, but I'd love to know how you ensure that your business strategy is geared to serve you and help you thrive and support the life and all the things that you truly
1: desire. So I'm going to answer this question, like through the lens of masculine, feminine energy, because the way I see it is like the divine feminine actually leads. And I think this is something that has kind of gotten lost or isn't talked about enough in Mm. when we're talking about energetics, because we want like the masculine and often meaning the man, even though we Mm. both have masculine and feminine energy to be taking the lead, so to speak but what actually is true is that the divine feminine starts with the desire. She plants the seed of desire. She has the vision. And then the divine masculine rises to take the actions to bring that to fruition. And so when we're stuck feeling like, well, I don't know what action to take, or I'm doing all of the things, but it's not feeling like it's leading me where I want to go. Like, we'll reconnecting to that vision and that desire, but really from a place of feeling, Mm. because it's fine if we have the idea of what it's going to be. Right. Yeah. Like, I just keep seeing myself like living on a cliffside mansion and you know, yada, yada, like that's totally fine, but then take it a layer deeper, which is like, and how do I feel? Love that. yeah. And once we get that feeling in place, that is truly our emotional navigation system. And so just like when we open up Google maps and put an address into our GPS, once there is a destination in mind, the map will let us know if we're off track. And it will like retry and reroute us and get us back. But if you just open Google Maps and you don't put in an address (laughs) and you're just driving, then there's no rerouting happening. And so having that feeling in place, it helps us more quickly identify when we are out of alignment. And so I'll use myself as an example. Freedom is like my top core value. And for some people, freedom looks like, you know, being a digital nomad, like not having a a mortgage payment or any like any responsibility. And that's not how it feels at all to me. Like I actually love my home space and having two kids and like all of that kind of stuff. But it it actually is a lot of time freedom. It's a lot of feeling of spaciousness, a feeling of possibility, a feeling of expansion, a feeling that like every opportunity is available to me. Mm. So that's how like that's how it feels. And yet there was a time when I was the CEO of my agency where my calendar was so stacked with meetings and appointments yeah. like not even just this week, but next week and then you'd have to go two weeks out to find some spaces, but by the time those two weeks passed, that week was jam-packed cuz it had yeah. been getting filled over the prior two weeks. And I really had to ask myself, like, what is going on here? Because I'm craving freedom and yet this is my freaking calendar and <laughs> I'm the CEO of this business and I'm letting myself experience zero time freedom. So There's so many entrepreneurs feel like
0: that, right? Like it's their yeah. business, your business, and we're stressed by it, except we don't know how to change it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then like we feel like a victim or like a cog in this wheel and like we can't escape it. And it's like, but hang on, like I created this wheel. So what are we really doing here?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's it's such an important reminder that, you know, yeah, we are the owners of our businesses to be able to define completely what does that freedom look like? What does that flexibility look like? What does your schedule look like? And then it goes into the strategy. Like, are you creating yeah. this business that requires that you're in meetings like all day, every day? If you want spaciousness, then you can create it with the right programs or the right offers,
1: yeah. the right? You know, it, it's up to us. Totally. Like as you mentioned, I love strategy. I love masculine energy, but it's in service to the feminine. Absolutely. And so as long as it's in service to our desires and how we want to feel, mm. then it's beautiful and it's aligned. But yeah. many of us who are really high achievers, you know, who are women who have like done big things and achieved all the things, won all the awards, pleased all the people. We can pretty easily get triggered into the wounded masculine where it's like enough is never enough. And so then we're Mm -hmm. always thinking and we're always in motion and there's always more to do. And then it really stops being in service to how we want to feel.
0: Totally. Totally. It's one of the things that living in France has taught me just culturally. There are times when, you know, you can't go out and I want to do something. What was I was thinking yesterday? It was a Sunday. I wanted to go and do it. Nothing is open on a Sunday afternoon, anywhere. Mm. Like restaurants are only open at lunchtime here and nothing else is open. The supermarket is closed. So, you know, there's just these like cultural things and there's lots of examples of this kind of like you know, forced simplicity, but yeah. it's, it's really taught me that like that more isn't necessarily that for me. And it's probably taught me the other way that less is actually more.
1: Well, it's so funny to me to hear that coming from an Aussie because the year yeah. that I lived in Australia, <laughs> Jeff and I were like, Oh, it's so much more chill here. Like people really <laughs> yes. do not take work so seriously. Like it was it's just such balance. a different work-life balance. And it was yeah. like, you could f- feel it, it really just like permeated everybody and everything. And so then now you've put yourself (laughs) in a place that's like even the next level.
0: And that was fast for me and all I was like, it was go, go, go. And so, yes, it's probably more the like, still city life in Australia, there's that real laid back, like chill, like they literally say down tools, like you down tools at three o'clock on a Friday. And, but then there's like the extreme here where like in all of August, nothing is open. Like nothing, right. <laughs> you start to live your whole life around and you work around that. So you don't try to start renovating a house in July because there's going to be zero, like, zero tradesmen in August. They're literally everybody's gone. So there's yeah. just these like cultural nuances that have been really, you know, I didn't realize the importance of what this living here was going to be for me, but that's definitely yeah. one of the things that's been important.
1: Well, and it's an interesting example as we're talking about masculine, feminine energy, because like having the whole month of August off kind of is a masculine structure. Mm. That in service to like everyone actually being off and everyone actually unplugging. Like if that structure wasn't there, then then the work might creep in and pretty soon there's no month off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting it's truly about, and I, I talk about the weaving together of the masculine and the feminine, but it's not one or the other or like putting one hat on and then the other really, it's about the weaving and the knitting together for me.
1: Yes, totally.
0: And one of the things I think you're really, really, really good at is, you know, staying, uh, and we're talking about energy, but staying energetically in tune or aligned with your desires, regardless of whether the strategy or the steps are going as you wanted them. So Mm -hmm. I would love to know how you do this and how you would suggest others kind of stay the path when things sometimes feel like they're going off track.
1: Well, I personally think it's really helpful if you believe in something greater than yourself. So I know God can be a triggering word, but universe, source, higher self, you know, because I really believe that like, I'm doing my part, but universe is doing the heavy lifting. And Mm -hmm. I kind of say that like, God is my best executive assistant in my business. And so Things go quote unquote wrong all the time. Like with scheduling where it's like, oh, I was planning on doing this. And then at the last minute, someone canceled it or whatever, but I've learned over time and it's, you know, it takes some trust and surrender and some stacking of evidence that it's always because God's plan's better. (laughs) Like it is actually all working out in my favor, even when it seems like a detour or a setback. And so I think if we're even just willing to get curious and like say, okay, so hypothetically, what if this crappy situation was <laughs> happening for me right now? Like so no one's signing be... up for a program, let's say. Yeah, totally. Then it's like, we're teaching our brain to actually look for hypothetical mm. potential reasons mm. why it is all happening. And I think there's also some strategy involved as well. Like in your example of no one signing up for my offer, it's like, well, if you've built your business where everything is dependent on this one offer and this one launch. And so if it doesn't go like you're screwed, Yeah. it is going to be a lot harder to be like, okay, God, you must just have a better plan. If you have like multiple things and you have recurring revenue in place, it it's so much easier for your nervous system to mm-hmm. be more chill about that. So mm. I do think like there's the mindset work, but also practically speaking, yeah. you know, if we're not building our business in a way that allows for things to go quote unquote wrong, yes. yeah, like. The messy action and the screwing up and things not working is part of entrepreneurship, like no one gets to shortcut or circumvent that. And so just giving ourselves the space to be able to fail without it, meaning I can't eat or I can't pay my mortgage is truly a gift. Yeah, it takes learning that and
0: trusting that, and yeah, and that's why, like you said, it takes also having the multiple maybe offers and having recurring revenue and having an offer suite that allows you to say, okay, well, that didn't work. That's evidence. That's data. But I'm still able to put bread on the table for my
1: family and pivot. Yeah, and I've shared with numerous clients in my first full year as a coach, which was last year in 2022. Like, I would guess, and I haven't done the exact math, but At least 40% of the things that I put out, no one Mm. bought. Mm. And Mm. I had a $240,000 cashier. Like I'm not mad that a lot of things no one bought. It's just data. It's feedback. Like, okay, I launched this thing. And it's not even like, oh, no one wanted that. It's like, well, maybe the price point was wrong. Maybe the timing was wrong. Maybe I didn't spend enough time selling it or really talking about the transformation of it but it's just like a data point and you move on. And so often my clients are shocked by that because they just wouldn't imagine that like you could have so many things not sell and have a multi six figure year. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, here I am. I'm the testimonial. You can absolutely do that. And it's
0: so refreshing because people don't hear that side of right. coaching and of the service industry. They just assume like, you know, everyone's having five, six figure launches. And I guess we're not seeing the failures and also the, yeah. you know, the transparency. And it's not saying you're not being transparent with your audience. Cause I know I've heard it somewhere in your content somewhere. So obviously I, I know that this exists and that you've, yeah. you've said it. So I think it's just so important that people realize that and know that those failed launches don't mean that they personally are a failure. Like you said, yeah. it's information, yeah. it's data.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I really like learned this from a colleague of mine. We were in a mastermind together and we like met up and did just like our own little impromptu retreat. And at that time, you know, she was doing really consistent like 200,000 cash months in mm-hmm. her business. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, yeah, like people don't buy all my stuff. <laughs> and we were like, what? What? Cause it's just <laughs> the perception was that yeah. anything she put out, so many people bought it. And she's like, yeah, like three months ago, I launched a mastermind and only one person bought. And so then I, you know, just had to alter it and give them some one-on-one. It was like, oh, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you're not hurting for business. Like you're doing 200,000 cash months. Like things yeah. are good. Yeah. And you still have things that for whatever reason, people didn't buy. Like Oh, okay. What a permission slip.
0: Yeah, totally. Permission slips, exactly the right. <laughs> and stop being so, you know, in our own heads and in our own selves saying it was my fault or, you know, there's
1: something wrong with with me when something like that goes wrong. Yeah. In your business. That's exactly uh, it. Like what I noticed from her is she wasn't making it mean anything. No. And so I no. was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to make it mean anything either. And that's where we go wrong is when we're like, oh, I suck. People aren't in my audience. I need to yeah. build a different audience. I need to still like, And they make it mean this massive thing in their business instead of like, well, what it means is that I talked about this thing two times and no one bought it.
0: Yeah, that sucks, (laughs) but (laughs) carry on. No big deal. Close my business. I'm sure there's people that have failed launches and probably quit and probably say, well, that's it. This This isn't working as opposed to taking it in stride. Yeah, And I'd love to know what you and if you have any, I call them energetic rituals or things that you practice to show up, you know, I guess in your daily life that you practice to help you show up as your best self and really kind of help you attract all that you desire.
1: Mm. Yeah. So many, and probably ones mm-hmm. that I'm not even aware of at this point. And I will say, cause whenever we use the word ritual, I know for some people, they are like mer- very routine oriented for yeah. me, many of my rituals kind of ebb and flow. And so permission to like have every day look different and also yes. <laughs> still feel really energetically supported, but you know, like a simple one is getting dressed in clothes that I really enjoy and like putting on makeup every day. Yes. It's so you know, true working from home. Like I just feel better yes. and it doesn't even matter if I'm not planning on being on camera today. I'm telling you the day that you have like no makeup on and you look crazy, you will get like the best idea. And if you were just brave enough to like capture it or film the TikTok mm-hmm. right then and there, it would go viral. <laughs> um, but we often stop ourselves because we're like, I just don't feel good today. So I just it's like part of my morning routine. Like I get dressed and I'm like ready for the day physically in a way that feels good. Um, and then having the right structure around my business, like for me, around 20 hours of actively working a week is what feels really good. Yeah. And when that starts to get out of balance, I find that there really isn't like an amount of meditating or pulling cards or doing a moon ritual or anything else that like makes up for that. Like I love all of those things, but those things actually work well with spaciousness in the schedule. Totally. It's like, as soon as it's like, okay, I've got five minutes to meditate (laughs) and then I have to get this meeting. Like it doesn't work. And so I think just like the fundamentals of like, are you nourishing your body? Are you eating good food? Do you have the right amount of like work life balance for yourself? And when you're not working, are you doing things that light you up? And that feel inspiring and that make you feel like you're living life and that you're like an own testimonial for your work, you know,
0: which I talk a lot about and
1: people will hear me bang on about that, that
0: whole, you know, I really feel like when, and literally in the last six years, I rearranged my whole life so that it is very much about the things that I used to consider, you know, luxuries or like hobbies or doing my gardening or my baking or my cooking or, you know, whatever, prioritizing things that just fill me up, just give me so much joy are the actual reason why I can then, you know, sit at my desk and be at that frequency and at that energy that I need to be to attract all that I want in my business. It's not the other way around.
1: 1000%. Every once in a while, I'll think about this question. If my soulmate client knew that this is what I was doing right now, would that feel congruent or would they feel excited to pay me and hire me as their mentor? And it's like, if I'm overworking or even sometimes if I'm just like scrolling social media too much, you know, it, yeah. Consuming. Like if I have a link out to someone and I'm like, wondering if they're going to pay it and I'm like checking my Email inbox like too often. It's like, wait, what am I doing here? Like, is that what the client imagines I'm doing right now? Like, just scrolling and staying glued to my phone and like refreshing my email inbox? Probably not. Like, they probably want to hire a mentor who can just like send a link and then like feel energetically neutral about it hold the possibility that the payment's going to come through today, but also like then go live life and do something that feels really good. And so it's just a good litmus test because whether that question is consciously in our mind or not, our subconscious is very aware when we're Mm -hmm. acting in a way that's incongruent. And so then it really doesn't matter if we're showing up in our sales and marketing and saying all the right things we won't feel fully embodied in it. And it's like that little energetic waiver is what makes it difficult for us to experience the success that we want to.
0: Yeah, it's that little bits of doubt and that little waiver that even though you might be saying and doing all the things and you think that it's not evident or transparent, but it's very much it's at a frequency, right? If I
1: hired you and I found out that like you weren't cooking and gardening and like hanging out with your boys all the time, I'd be like, what the hell? Like (laughs) She sold me. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Like I expect that. So you're right. Like, of course, it's a huge part of your quote unquote business strategy, like doing all the things that you love because that's what makes you so interesting to your Mm. ideal clients. Mm but it's such,
0: it is a very post-patriarchal way of growing a business. Like the other way around is why so many women experience burnout and disconnected from their businesses because it is just all about the business and like everything is sacrificed. Everything, kids' life. I've had clients that are like, Hobbies? Like I haven't had a hobby since I was like 16. I'm like, well, (laughs) guess what we're going to be doing? And it's prioritizing those things because if you don't prioritize them, like I, and I know you also have a scheduling tools and things and figuring out ways initially until they become automatic. Of making sure that you're, you know, because they're so subconsciously programmed that if you're not in the doing, if you're not in the sitting at your desk, plowing out emails that you're not achieving. And this is what this is all about, is about rewriting this and helping people see that there is a different way and that we are the ones that are in charge of our own businesses. And don't, you know, there's there's no point in doing this if we're all going
1: to burn out and not want to be running our businesses in in a year or two years or more. Right. Totally. And I think we all understand that logically, but I'm so glad that you have this podcast and that you're speaking about this because what I don't hear as often is people talking about the fact that in that messy middle, when you're transitioning from like being self-sacrificing and doing in your business all the time to trying to introduce some self-care or introduce a hobby, it's actually going to feel anxiety provoking Mm. It's going to feel like you're doing something wrong. (laughs) Like maybe not, but that was my experience was like a lot of guilt. They're like, I'm not be, I'm not in the doing. Yeah. Like when I was just working all of the time, it actually felt easier than when I started instituting no work Wednesdays. Those were the hardest day of the week because all of a sudden I realized for the first time in my life, oh, I actually have a lot of anxiety. I never would have thought that I was an anxious person. No one ever would have labeled me that way. But turns out I was pretty worried about my business and I was like worried about all of the things that needed to happen and were they happening and was my team doing what they were supposed to be doing and what was I going to find when I opened up my inbox. And if I could just stay like buried with a to-do list, then... yeah, it felt so much safer. And all of a sudden when I didn't have that to hide behind, it was like going horseback riding on a Wednesday didn't actually feel like just freedom and easy breezy and like so fun. It felt difficult, Mm -hmm. but I just knew that like my nervous system has to get used to it being okay for me to be unplugged. And so I persevered in that messy middle and like came out the other side where now it does feel great, but just so you know, it might feel hard while you're doing it. And that's why you should hire a mentor like Suzanne or someone that feels aligned to you because you're going to have those moments where it's like, I don't understand. Is there something wrong with me? Am I broken? Like, why can't I just freaking enjoy a hobby? yeah
0: yeah and it's so counterintuitive to the way that we are programmed we are subconsciously programmed we are programmed since the time we were little and the the achieving bit and ability to just surrender and lean back and you know i have a no desk wednesday as well because there's no school in france on a wednesday so it was a little bit you know instituted by the school but i absolutely adore it now I literally on my schedule'm like eh, 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 like I put cross out right. no 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 anything and it is just the pause that I adore and I love and it's what my nervous system needs and but coaching women through this is difficult because it's not the norm but it's also just our, not our programming and when they're like this for when you work in corporate or even in your own business for 20 30 40 years and then try to rewrite it it can be hard yeah it's so worth it
1: <laughs> so, so it worth is. It. It is so worth it, but it's like, it's extra confusing when you're like, but I should enjoy a hobby. So what is wrong with me? I
0: know. I know. And it's persevering. And so much of the way that we, you know, I know you live your life and is so important to me is living in my values and the exploration of my values is kind of, you know, happened over the last 20 years, but you know, it's really been the last six since living here that I've you know, seeing that there's an opportunity where as entrepreneurs, we have the ability to have values that are, you know, one of the same with our, with our personal values and having a retail store back in Melbourne was one of the, the kind of disconnected parts of my values. You know, one of my values is spirit of adventure. And here I was with a bricks and mortar store and, you know, achieving all the things yet. I wasn't able to live in my core values So I would love to know, kind of, you know, to finish up in the spirit of adventure and travel, because I know you do like to do the same, I would like to know what are three places that you have traveled to, the the top three places, and three places that you would love to go to.
1: Okay. So top three places I've been, India, New Zealand, and... I'm going to say Costa Rica. Like we got married in Costa Rica and we've been back and it's not like the most exotic place, but I just love it. Well, neither is India, but India's definitely on the one of my top three as well. Oh yeah. I love India. And then three places I want to go. Well, I'm going to Egypt at the end of May, which I'm super excited about yeah, like I think I, Oprah was just there.
0: so she threw Oprah in, on a camel anyway.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. well, there you go. I know I was in Mexico City just about a year ago and went to some of the pyramids there and mm-hmm. it just really awakened in me this desire to go to the pyramids yep. in Egypt. And so oh, it's cool. it's been really divine the way that that's all unfolded um And then at some point I'd love to go to the Maldives, like just those huts over the ocean look. Yes. Amazing. Bloody Facebook ads. <laughs> yes, totally. And then I want to take my kids to Europe and to Paris and see the Eiffel Tower and just do. They watch a show on Netflix called Ladybug and Cat Noir and okay. it's set in Paris. And so it's oh. kind of funny because they're like, oh, well, we want to go to Paris. And they talk about eating like camembert cheese. And it's like, we don't actually know what it is. But because it's so good though. It, yeah, because it's in the cartoon. I think that's so yeah. cute.
0: I love it. I mean, literally travel for kids just opens up their mind because they do think that the world is small and that they can do anything. And that's what travel has done for my kids, hop from Australia to, you know, Europe and Canada and wherever else. But yeah, that's, I definitely suggest Paris, Europe with kids is, is amazing.
1: Yes amazing we'll we'll, we'll meet up when it happens (laughs) yeah
0: totally totally I would love to
1: well I have had so much fun chatting and
0: I really really appreciate you being here and helping my audience see how you know you live a life first business second way in a very zero wasted days way of being and also really taking our level of conversation and understanding you know about the masculine and the feminine to new levels and I I would love for people to know how they can find you. They could take, I know they could take your money wounds quiz, um, but you tell them where they can find you and what's the best way of consuming your beautiful content.
1: Yeah. So I'm pretty much everywhere online. Emily June Wilcox or makes money. So you can find me, follow along, slide into the DMS. Let me know you watch the show. And as Suzanne mentioned, I do have a free money wounds quiz. It's just moneywoundsquiz.com and it's six simple, but potent questions that help you just identify what your top money wounds are and invite yourself into some healing so that you can more easily call in wealth. Beautiful, beautiful. And I know it was eye opening and instrumental for Em came
0: and spoke inside my Phoenix Rising Mastermind last year. And I know a few of the girls went on to actually purchase the course, which is, which is great. And they were able to come back and tell us all about it. So I know there've been some great things that have been relayed about the, not just the quiz, but actually the course that you can take as well. So M, I I really, really appreciate you being here and having this conversation with me in these very early days of zero wasted days and I hope that we can come back in a year's time or maybe you can record when you're in France or when we're in Paris. (laughs) And I just really appreciate you being here and taking the time. Ah, so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I truly hope you found it to be valuable and inspirational as you work to create a life by your own design. I would love you to rate and review this episode to let everyone else know about it and help me share this important message with the world. All you need to do is screen, grab your review, share it on socials, and tag me in to win a $100 Airbnb voucher that I'll be giving away every single month.